0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Safekeeping, a podcast about family relationships, safety, and well-being brought to you by the Joe Torrey Safe at Home Foundation. I'm Rachel. I'm a board-certified licensed mental health clinician and the director of digital and prevention programming here at Safe at Home. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Myra. Safe at Home's Associate Vice President of Operations. Myra, thank you so much for being here with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your role with the organization and some of the history of Safe at Home? Sure.
1: So at Safe at Home, I work on the program administration team. And one of the things that I work on uh, has to do with evaluation. So how we at Safe at Home measure the impact and successes of our work and how we learn from our progress to really uh, make sure that our programming gets better every year. Safe at Home was founded by Joe and Allie in 2002 with the mission to educate to end the cycle of violence. Through Margaret's Place, we provide healing, hope, and empowerment to youth who have experienced trauma related to violence, including domestic violence or intimate partner violence.
0: Thank you so much for that introduction, Myron. Thank you for the work that you do at Safe at Home with evaluating our programs, because I, I think it's such an important point that we're constantly improving and trying to make our programs as great as they can be each year for all of the students we serve. And also for these new initiatives that we have, like our podcasts and our resources that are going up so that hopefully more parents and youth and teachers and everyone can just have access to this really important information. So Myra and I got to talking and some of us here at Safe at Home have really been thinking about the holiday season coming up and this time of year, so many of us tend to become consumed with gifting, right? Giving the perfect gift and the giving spirit is always highlighted this time of year. And we really started thinking about gifts that we give, not just this time of year, but throughout the year and that we give to each other as colleagues, that we give to friends, family, teachers, our our own, our own children. And We really wanted to talk today about the gift of giving a healthy relationship, whether that's a friendship, whether that's a romantic relationship, whether that's just a healthy familial relationship, really thinking about how, especially too, how we encourage children and youth in our lives to be good friends to each other, how we encourage them to be good siblings. And how do we commit to being healthier in our own relationships, right? I think this is an important message all year long. And with the holiday season, there tends to be more gatherings, more get togethers, catching up with folks that maybe you haven't seen in a while. And just really thinking about what the gift of friendship and healthy relationships does both for us and for the people around us.
1: Yeah. And so I've been thinking about this, A lot recently, in terms of how do we support those around us to develop healthy relationships? And you know, I've been thinking, taking it back a step, how do we even start by describing relationships to children so that we can even begin to frame the conversation? So, what would you what do you think? How how should we describe relationships to children?
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important question and One that we get a lot here at Safe at Home, especially from parents, of this idea of like sometimes when we think about relationships, we really focus so much on like a romantic relationship and we forget that children from birth are starting to form relationships around them, right? Whether it's with their parents or siblings or other family members, eventually with like the outside world, beyond family. So we really want to start these conversations young so that kids have a strong understanding of what a real relationship is. And they have a foundation to build on throughout their life. And it's so simple to describe a relationship. And it's almost amazing that once you talk about it in this way, kids are like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like, I can name so many relationships in my own life. So we at Safe and Home talk about a relationship as a bond between two people or a way that two people are connected. And it's really that simple. And again, in supporting children and youth in understanding what that means, we can help them to come up with examples of different relationships in their own lives so that they can make that connection, right? So we might talk about family relationships. You could talk about a parent child relationship, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. Talk about friendships, right? Peers or classmates, acquaintances. I always even give the example, especially maybe with older children, like older elementary school. Even like if you go to the same deli every morning for breakfast, right? And you see the same person working in the deli, like that's a relationship. It might, you might not know that person very well. Maybe you don't even know their name, but it's an acquaintance. It's someone who you have a connection and a bond with, right? And then, of course, our romantic relationships, dating, marriage, um, those types of things. So giving youth these examples and helping them think through what is the same and different about each of those relationships uh, can really help give them context as to what a relationship is. So Myra, I know you also talk with youth a lot about healthy relationships and what relationships are and thinking about what it means to have a healthy relationship. What are some of the characteristics of a healthy relationship that you could maybe explain to youth or parents could explain to their own children at home?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. I think a healthy relationship is ultimately, it's one that's rooted in respect and that's mutual respect. So you know where both people respect each other's opinions, their, their feelings, their thoughts, where they are interested, open, committed to working together to compromise. Um, and and where both people in the relationship are using positive and healthy communication, you know, listening and hearing the other person, and as a part of trying to respect their opinions, have, being able to hear their opinions, too. And, and some other healthy relationship characteristics or behaviors, that, that I think about when I'm trying to explain healthy relationships and that I think are so important when we're thinking about how we talk to our children at home are when we start thinking about trust, honesty, empathy, even reliability. Um, so in this conversation can happen with children of all ages. So something like honesty is something that we can explain even to very young children around telling the truth, not just around an action, but also like, you know, your feelings so that you can, you know, if I know how you're feeling now, then I can respond to how you're feeling now. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I think about, about healthy relationship again, and there's some of the same concepts are really can be used to explain healthy relationships to children of all ages.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a important point too, about speaking to children of all ages and thinking about how these concepts evolve over time, right? And and how we explain them in an age-appropriate way. So the idea of empathy might feel like a really big concept for a small child. But if we really think about what that means at its core and how we break it down, that conversation can be something as simple as how would you feel if this happened? Right. And you'd be surprised at how easily even like two and three-year-olds who are maybe just starting to verbalize feelings can put themselves in other per- other people's shoes. Right. Or think about what they would feel if it happened to them. Um, And then giving that, that idea, this title of that's called empathy. Right. And teaching them that word. So I really love that. I love that point that it's, it's not just, it's something that kids of all ages, youth of all ages can connect with so long as we're thinking about the best way to communicate it in its simplest form that really matches to the child's age.
1: Absolutely. And actually, in some ways, I, I almost think empathy is the easiest one to teach from a very young age, right? That you, you, even very young children take in the world around them and observe and and we can help them identify feelings in others and then connect that to their own feelings so you know this other child is crying you do you think they might be sad what do you think they would make them feel better if they were sad have you ever felt sad before Mm -hmm. so even those simple conversations can really um yeah support some of the and then being able to name it right so adding in that piece of like this is called empathy and this is what that means
0: yeah, absolutely. I think naming the naming the action of empathy and the characteristic of empathy, and also, as you said, naming the emotions too, right? helping Helping youth to put a name to what they're feeling or what they see someone else feeling, because being able to use feelings words really helps with those pieces. Like you said, honesty, right? If we want to be honest about our feelings, we need to know the, the words to use to describe them, right? I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. So that's really such another important piece of, you know, how we can help youth in our lives really build on these characteristics of a healthy relationship.
1: So let's, let's continue thinking about how we can do this across some of these different characteristics of a healthy relationship. So in thinking about how we can encourage others, really thinking about like our children, the children around us to be as healthy as they can be in their relationships and really even focusing on the friendships.
0: What are ways that we can really encourage that? We kind of already started talking about this, but like, for example, building that empathy piece, right, really helping youth to understand what it means to Not only understand someone else's feelings, but even share in that experience with them. So thinking about supporting children in developing empathy with questions like we mentioned before. Asking them things like, how might you feel if you were this person or if this happened to you? Or what might have you done in that situation? How do you think... your words or actions impacted that person, right? I think that one's really important too when we start thinking about accountability and reliability in relationships, right? If if we can't be accountable for the mistakes that we make and we can't have an understanding of how our actions may have impacted someone else, even if it wasn't our intention to impact them in a certain way, then we're not really going to be able to fully build that empathy and to fully create a relationship that's built on trust and reliability and honesty. So that kind of all comes together. I know, Myra, you mentioned earlier things like not only listening to someone, but like really hearing them and really making sure that you, you get what they're saying. We call this active listening. And This is really just showing someone that you want to hear more about what they're saying by giving them your undivided attention, right? And I always think, especially as a parent, sometimes undivided attention is really hard because we have so much going on. Yes. So I also like to model that sometimes you can't give your undivided attention and recognize that right? And take accountability for that. And maybe say to, your, to the youth in your home, to your child, or whether it's, even if it's not your own child, if it's another youth who's talking to you, maybe even as a teacher, I imagine with 27 kids in the class, it's really hard to give one child undivided attention. But taking a minute to even just say, I really want to hear what you're saying. And I want to give you my full attention. I can't do that in this moment can we talk about this in a little while, right? And make sure that you're setting time aside to let them know that what they're saying does matter and you do want to be able to be there and hear them. And then when you have that time and you really are devoted to doing that listening piece, asking questions about what they're saying and really Asking for clarity, repeating what you heard, making sure you're really understanding their viewpoint because that helps someone to feel validated and to feel like their feelings and thoughts matter, not only to you, but in general. And this is something we can encourage kids to do in their own friendships and relationships, right? To listen to their friends, to imagine what their friends might be feeling or thinking and to ask questions. And then Beyond that, of course, just healthy communication in general, right? So using our words responsibly, being open and honest about our feelings, finding the best times to communicate, right? Those are all great ways to just start this process of really hearing each other and and supporting each other. And I think this one's really important for people of all ages, just in general, setting and respecting boundaries, in relationships. So, especially when it comes to encouraging healthy relationships for youth, helping them understand that when others set a boundary, it needs to be respected, um, even if we don't agree with it, right? Even if we don't like it. And then encouraging them to stand firm in their own boundaries and to use their words to reinforce their boundaries, right? And thinking about, being able to say, you know what? I actually don't want to talk about that or I don't feel comfortable with this conversation. So I'm, I'm not going to continue it. Right. Or I don't feel comfortable giving a hug. So I'm going to give a high five. Right. And letting, letting youth make those choices for themselves, whether it's their emotional or physical boundaries and supporting them in standing strong in their boundaries and making sure others respect them and that they do the same for others. And then finally, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, just being accountable for our our actions, our words. You know, we all make mistakes even in the healthiest of relationships. There's moments of conflict um or we say something we wish we hadn't or we overstep a boundary with with even the best of intentions, but being able to apologize, really mean it, and commit to doing better, right? Commit to trying to not make that mistake again, because that's the most important point of an apology is the behavior change behind it. You know, Myra, I we've been talking a lot about supporting youth and kind of giving them these tips to have their own healthy relationships and build their own healthy friendships. But what can we do as adults to commit to being our most healthy social selves in all of our relationships?
1: I think that's a good question, mostly because I think the answer is easier than the practice of putting it into action. I think I am just struck by how much children and youth see and observe the adults around them and how much they take in. So whether that's your own child or children that you're working with, like they see how you... They see how all of us interact with each other, and that is part of the information that they take into themselves. So all of the times that we can model these skills, we are teaching, right? Even Mm -hmm. if we haven't necessarily turned to a child or a young person next to us and said, do you see what I just did there? I just modeled this thing. And that's how you, like, even if you don't do that piece, right? If you're just embracing, living out, conducting yourself in a way where you're engaging with all of the people around you in all of your relationships, using these healthy characteristics, you are teaching because you're setting an example. Depending on the relationship with the child and also the age, there's always ways to add on or explain what you're doing to also break it down. I know that one thing that um, I feel very strongly about, just thinking about your accountability example that you had just said is, so whenever I make a mistake, I apologize. And then I follow up by saying, you know, sometimes we make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And it's important to identify like, hey, look, I made a mistake and then say, we're sorry. Right. So I start with like doing it and then explaining it afterwards so that, so that in modeling, we're also using our own mistakes as opportunities to continue to teach the, the, the children, the youth, the young people that we care about, um, uh, more about how to fully engage, um, their own healthy social selves. So all the times that you can demonstrate that you have the opportunity to demonstrate some of these skills then should again like at home, relationships outside of the home, if you're, if you know, there's anybody, if any children or you see you interact with colleagues, those are interesting relationships for them to see um, how you engage um, extended family members. I really like your deli example from earlier, Rachel, because it's so true. If you go to the same deli or the same coffee shop every single day, there's a rapport that's built up. And if there's a child or a young person with you, they get to see how that builds and how that evolves and how you engage. And yeah, I mean, just uh, overall, like children do learn from our words when we tell them things, when we explain things. They also learn from our example. And so the best way for them to learn is to both see the example and then have the words, the explanations that matches the examples that they're seeing.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think sometimes as adults, just to piggyback on what you've already shared, Myra, sometimes it's easier, I I think, as adults to engage in these healthy behaviors when we know our children are watching because we want to set a better example for them and because we want to help them learn. And even if it's not our children, just children or youth in our life in general, right? We we tend to be on a better behavior when there's a child in the room than when there's not. But I find that the more we do that in wanting to set a good example, the more it actually becomes second nature to just behave that way in general, right? Like it's kind of like, With practice comes just this natural inclination to engage in these healthy behaviors, even when we're in a room full of adults. And sometimes it might feel silly, right? Because other adults are like, why are you explaining your apology to me? Or like, why are you um, talking to me in this almost like therapist voice of like, how did that make you feel? Or what happened? Or how can I support you? But the the more we do it and the more it becomes second nature, it's interesting to see how the other people around us pick up on it too. Um, so we're not only modeling for the youth in our life, but also for other adults who maybe don't communicate in these ways or maybe have a hard time respecting a boundary, right? And so I just think that that's a good point too, that we're not just modeling for young people, but we also can be modeling for each other and the more we do that and the more we all commit to picking up on these healthy relationship skills and giving if we if we want to put it in the term of the season giving this gift of healthy communication or a healthy relationship then i hate to be cliche but we really are making the world around us function in a better and a healthier way and i think that that's important and of course The mission that we have here at Safe at Home. So thank you so much for being here with me today, Myra, and for exploring this, these healthy relationship behaviors. And hopefully our listeners took something away from this that we can all commit to giving this gift as the holiday season rolls around. For our listeners, if you like what you heard today, we encourage you to subscribe and leave a positive review of the podcast. If you want to learn more or find additional resources, activities, and videos to promote building healthy relationships, you can follow us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Safe at Home Foundation. And on Twitter, we are at Tori Safe at Home. You can also visit our website for more information, jotori.org. Thank you so much for listening to Safekeeping presented by the Joe Tori Safe at Home Foundation. Tune in next time. And thank you again, Myra, for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.